listening to Zap Night, a video game review podcast. Join your hosts as we review video games from all systems and all genres. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Zap Night. I'm your host, Danny, and today we have Brandon back again. How's it going, Brandon? Hi. Going good. How's it going with you? Doing good. Um, we are on episode 84 for Metroid Dread. This game, man, I was so excited when they announced this game, and then I like set it on the shelf to play later, and then we agreed to do it for the podcast, and I sat down to play it, and I'm like, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I kept saying the whole time when it came out, like, I just wanted the game, and I wanted to play it, and Kaylee actually bought it for me without me knowing. She bought it for me for a gift, and as soon as I got it, I just kept playing it, and I was like, Yes. <laughs> This is what I want. I found myself while I was in the middle of playing it, um, wanting to play more. Like I typically have a very specific stream schedule where I play three, three hours a night, three days a week. And that works out really well. Um, but for this game, it was like, I'd, I'd be sitting around on the off stream days and I'm like, I just, I just kind of want to play more. <laughs> so, I mean, that says a lot for the game, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wanted to start playing it again after I was like just done. I wanted to start it over. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Metroid Dread was developed by Nintendo. It was released on the Nintendo Switch in October of 2021, which was not that long ago. I'm going to go over the story like we usually do, but like the story's kind of irrelevant to the game. I mean, unless you're following the story of all of the Metroid games as a whole, like for me, it didn't really make a whole lot of sense, but I did what I could to try and piece something together. Um, but a lot of the information that I'm about to talk about comes from the Wikipedia page. So forgive me if there's mistakes in here because I don't know all of the details, but I'm going to go over it. Um, the game, it takes place after the events of Metroid Fusion, where the X-Parasite has been eradicated on um, SR388. And the Galactic Federation picks up an anonymous video feed of an X-Parasite that still survives on a planet called ZDR. The Federation deploys these robots called e MMI or ME, um, they're extraplanetary, multi-form, mobile identifiers. <laughs> but basically, yeah, I know. Basically, they go around and they find um, life forms or something to collect their DNA of some kind. Uh, but in any case, they quickly lose contact with those robots and they send Samus in to check out the situation. Um, being that she is the only one immune to the X-Parasite's gene-mimicking effects. Uh, once she makes it to ZDR, she encounters a Chozo warrior that quickly takes her out and immobilizes her. She miraculously survives, but uh, she's lost all of her suit's abilities, like you do in a Metroid game. She's able to contact her ship's system, Adam, and he's able to navigate her through network points within the planet. So she finds a network point. She can talk to Adam from there. And he guides Samus back to the ship, which is on the, the surface. And she's no longer on the surface somehow. Samus 
encounters some of the Galactic Federation's uh, Emmy robots who are now hostile and hunting her specifically and basically chasing her all over the place. Um, she manages to find a Emmy's central unit and absorbs that energy to give her a, a temporary ability called the Omega Blaster. This Omega Blaster gives her the power to destroy Emmy uh, robots and then absorb their abilities. So she goes around and she's hunting, she's hunting these Emmys who are hunting for her. Um, Samus is able to collect more abilities by finding more of these robots and also power-ups along the way. But one of the Emmy robots stops and attacks her, but she's saved by a Chozo named Quiet Robe, who's a scientist that is able to stop the Emmy robots and is able to give Samus a lot of background information about the world. Basically, the stuff that she learns from Quiet Robe is that way back when there were two tribes of Chozos, the Thora and the Mwakin. Um, the Thora tribe is a scientific tribe and the um, Mwakin are, uh, it's more of a warrior tribe. The two tribes were originally on SR388 during Metroid in uh, the planet for Metroid fusion. And they trapped all the Metroids there. The Thora tribe wanted to destroy the planet to eliminate all the Metroids. But the leader of the Milwaukee tribe, uh, the leader name being uh, Raven beak wanted to utilize the Metroids as a bioweapon. Raven beak killed all of the Thora tribe, only sparing quiet robe to be able to control the, control the Metroids. And when Raven beak return back to ZDR, which is the planet that you're currently on, he finds that one of his tribe is infected with the X-Parasite. He manages to contain the X-Parasite outbreak by sacrificing all of his tribe, and that's who Samus fights at the very beginning of the game. So Samus arrives, Ravenbeak um, is there and finds, you know, finds her, but spares her because he wants the Metroid DNA that is inside Samus. Apparently, and I don't know this because I haven't played Metroid Fusion, but apparently she's merged with Metroid DNA during the events of Metroid Fusion. Ravenbeak reprogrammed all the um, Emmy robots to extract the DNA um, in order to revive the extinct Metroid, the Metroid population. Because in the events of Metroid Fusion, she also destroys the planet, killing and eradicating all the Metroids. Apparently. I don't know. Again, speculation from Wikipedia. <laughs> so Samus then declares in her awesome Chozo voice that um, she will stop Raven, uh, Ravenbeak and Quiet Robe is able to open up a pathway for her to be able to progress. However, as soon as he does this, uh, Quiet Robe is then killed by some of Raven, Ravenbeak's robot warriors that Samus then has to fight. Uh, Samus continues her hunt for Ravenbeak um, and finds the containment area that the X-Parasite is residing in and releasing the X-Parasite to the outside world, effectively making all of the planet inhabitants X-Parasites now. And every living organism is now infected. There's this huge outbreak of it. 
the quiet robe guy, he gets infected with the ex- his his corpse gets infected and he reactivates the the robot ME system and they resume their hunt for Samus. So Samus makes her way back to the surface and she runs into another ME robot and is somehow able to drain its power and later on you find that she's she's reactivated her metroid dna allowing her this ability to drain other life forms using adam she's able to find her way to the floating fortress where ravenbeak awaits her um she confronts ravenbeak and finds that he's been pretending to be adam this whole time and tell Samus that his DNA was what was used in helping her with her Chozo DNA mix that they did way back when she was first found by the Chozo people, technically making them related. So, like, Ravenbeak calls Samus his daughter. So, in any case, she still fights Ravenbeak, trying to stop him from creating these Metroids. Ravenbeak actually pins her down, and just as she starts to fall lifeless, he's telling her that he doesn't even need her um, alive or her cooperation, that he's going to make an even more powerful Metroid using her own DNA. This news infuriates Samus and she activates all of her Metroid DNA, essentially merging her suit as like this new Metroid suit. And she's able to start draining all of Ravenbeak's powers and draining the energy from the floating fortress. Because the floating fortress was obviously floating, it then starts crashing to the back down to the planet, causing the planet to start falling apart. Ravenbeak manages to survive this fall and gets uh, infected by an ex-parasite, turning him into this like huge monster. She uses her Metroid suit to fight the beast back and blow him up with her ultra Metroid gun. And the planet begins to destabilize and Samus has to retreat to her ship. She gets to her ship but is unable to touch the power panel because if she does, her Metroid absorption ability would drain the ship's energy dry too however uh the ex-parasite of quiet robe shows up and merges with her because she has this ability to absorb ex-parasites as well but um the the ex-parasite of quiet robe absorbs into samus neutralizing the metroid effects and she's able to fly off the planet just as it explodes supposedly exploding with all of the the ex-parasites that are left in the galaxy however i'm sure they'll make some sort of remarkable comeback like they like they have this time so that's about the gist of the story do you feel like i missed anything brandon no not that i can see i mean that's it's pretty extensive for the short time frame for the game but i think that's all cool so I gave the story a little bit of a lower score with a seven out of 10. Um, like you said, it's, it's an extensive story for what it is. And I kind of feel like a lot of the Metroid games have been that way, considering there's very little dialogue and, you know, it's, it's so wrapped around the gameplay that it's amazing that there's any story at all. Um, but what was there was decent, uh, to give you like, 
the main focus of what you're, you know, why you're on this planet and why you're doing what you're doing. However, it is kind of pointless to people who haven't been following the story this whole time. Like me, like all we've played for the podcast is super Metroid and Metroid prime. And this doesn't fall into either of those really. So I have no idea where I'm at in the storyline or like, I, I understand the concept of the X parasites, but because I haven't played fusion, I don't really understand what's going on there or, you know, some, some of that like story plot, that comes from fusion. I wish it makes me wish I would have played fusion first. Yeah. And where this is, cause I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. I'm not like huge Metroid lore person, but I know like the prime series is kind of like its own little thing. And this game is part of like the timeline. I think with like Metroid, Metroid two, super Metroid. And, uh, Fusion. Uh, Fusion. And then it goes this one. So I think this is like kind of like, this is pretty much kind of like the sequel. So like like, the the 2D games have their story plot and the 3D games have their story plot. Does that seem about right? Yeah. Cause I know like there's, cause there's like take Ridley, for example, like there's so many different versions of Ridley. Like there's Ridley. Who's actually a pterodactyl. There's a robot Ridley. And I think it all takes place at like certain times. I'm not even 100% sure, and someone can probably correct us, but... Oh, yeah, that's, I'm sure. That, that's, like, my gist of it. But I knew a little bit more going in. Like, I haven't beaten Fusion, but I've played it. So I knew who the X-Parasites were and everything like that. And I had to I had to look up because I forgot exactly how Samus got Metroid DNA, but I forgot that it's right at the beginning of Fusion. When she goes to the planet, she gets infected by the X-Parasites... And they have to create a vaccine for her, and they ha- have to use, like, Metroid DNA to help make the vaccine, so it pretty much becomes a part of her when they do that. <laughs> it was funny because at one point in the game, I think Quiet Robe talks about it a little bit, but that she has the Thoa DNA, and which is the, sci- the scientific tribe, and the Moacan, um DNA and the Metroid DNA and the X parasite DNA. Like geez. (laughs) And she's a human somehow still. I mean, only barely at this point. I don't know how the Chozo stuff happened. I remember her like being raised by Chozo from like other games. Cause I think they talked about that in Metroid prime. Yeah, I think. And yeah, the X parasite stuff is just from her actually getting infected by when she visited the planet and then the DNA for the, like, they use the Metroid DNA to help combat her being infected. So she just has all the stuff roaming around in her. Boy. She, uh... Um, I don't know. <laughs> I just... It seems like a lot of craziness going on for her biology. <laughs> yeah. Now, for me, I gave the story a 9.5. Like, I really enjoyed it, and I thought they did some really cool things, especially with going to her background. Like, at the end there, like, when they talked about, like, a Ravenbeak being, like, her quotation marks dad and everything like that. Right. I was like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. And this game, I think, did a good job, or at least more than the other games, where they spelled out a lot more story because of, they added a lot more, like, voice acting, like, with Adam talking and like all these 
cutscenes, there was a little bit more story actually presented to the viewer instead of like having to dig and read or like scan stuff in Metroid Prime. Sure. So, yeah, like, yeah, if you don't know anything about this, like, all this is probably just going way over your head, and you're like, just get me to the next scene. I just want to go find the next boss. Right, and that's kind of where I was when I was playing. Like, I didn't even know who Adam was, but, like, the game gave me just enough information to be like, okay, this is the, you know, the ship, you know, and a lot of the story... Uh, they they kind of covered a bit of the backstory at the opening sequence where they kind of talk about the the events of Metroid Fusion um I didn't take a lot of time to read through it I did skim over it a little bit um yeah. but you know it it really does make me want to play it <laughs> like now now I really feel like we need to go back and play Metroid Fusion and see you know exactly the events that that happened there since they yeah. correspond so evenly. And that's a that's a good little game because you know, just being on the Game Boy Advance and two D, like it's it's still pretty fun. So I would if you look, want to, I'll do it in the future with you. Yeah, that would be awesome. So let's move on to graphics. Um I gave this one a nine out of ten as well. Um the same I did. It's the first thing I noticed as soon as I started to control Samus is that the animation is smooth as silk. Just yes. like the way she runs is like, oh, it's, it's so satisfying. And I'm not really sure why I was expecting anything less. I think it's just the game is so similar to Super Metroid. And that was the last 2D game that I've played in the Metroid series. And this game, you, I was kind of expecting that same frame rate and it was just super clean. And like, she goes over, um, like if, if there's a, a, a ledge that's only one block high, she just like glides over it and it's yeah. just, Oh, it's just so smooth. Yeah. And I know that Nintendo gets a lot of flack because they always put out consoles that are less powerful than the PlayStation, Xbox and everything like that but they always do a really good job of making their games like look really really good on their hardware like it it just it's a beautiful looking game they had like really good looking backgrounds really good like effects like i love the use of the colors they the had game. a lot of uh 2.5d um events where like Samus shows up and it's almost like a 3D environment and then the camera like changes and turns so that it's back to the 2D environment. I loved those transitions. It looked really cool. Oh yeah, and like uh, the Emmys, I thought that they looked really cool and they're like those things are terrifying. Yes. <laughs> like, like for the first like 2 hours, like they're terrifying. Yep. But like, you know, I just the overall look, aesthetics, like the way they made it look like you said as fluid as they made everything like it was just it was really good nine out of ten the the boss fights were super dynamic well some of them not all of them some of them were pretty normal but there were a couple boss fights that you had to like parry an attack and then samus would go into this like big cut scene where she's like still attacking and like the boss is moving around the arena and it's just just really cool how they use that dynamic. Um, I did notice that the switch can't handle, um, too much on the screen at one time. 
Uh, there was some frame rate dropping when there's a lot going on. Also, yeah. some serious frame rate dropping between, um, like when Samus is going from one uh, area to another, like on the elevator or the the rail system or whatever the case was. It like it had a video that would play for like the loading screen, but that loading yeah. screen was like dropping frames like crazy and like just choppy and weird. So I, I wasn't too happy about that. Like if you're going to have like a transition scene, that's great, but let's not, let's not make it drop frames. It's just strange. See, I don't remember frame drops when you play and stream. Do you, do you play handheld or docked docked? Okay. Yeah. Cause I don't really remember seeing frame drops, but then again, I will, if it's happening during loading screens and stuff like that, I probably wasn't really noticing just because it's a loading screen. Right, yeah, that's true. You know, like, it, I didn't really notice any, like, during gameplay, like, so much. There were a few rooms towards the end that had a ton of ex-parasites, like, flying all over the place. And I would notice the frame rates drop a little oh, bit okay. from that. And again, nothing like super noticeable, but it was enough for me to be like, oh, come on, what's going on? You know, like yeah. this is, you know, 2021. We shouldn't be fighting frame rate drops on a game system. But you now this, this can maybe segue into this is like, even if it did, like I didn't see any like adverse, like gameplay effects from stuff like that. Very true. Either. And that's kind of where I gave it the 9 out of 10. Like, it looked really good, and the gameplay, like, graphically, the gameplay was super smooth. But there were a few little spots that could have been polished a little bit more, but really, it's still a 9. Like, you know, no complaints, really. <laughs> yeah, I and I agree with that. So let's talk about gameplay. Um, I gave it a 9 out of 10. What did you I give it? it? 9.5. Okay. I know going with the point five. I I thought it was like really, really uh, awesome for lack of a better word. Like I had a little bit of lowered expectations going into this game because the people who did it did the uh, Samus t- or Metroid 2 remake on the 3DS. And I did not enjoy that as much. Like gameplay wise and just as a game in general like it's okay but i was let down by it so i didn't know what to expect going into this one but it just looked so good that i had to play the game and once i just started playing it like after the first cutscenes over and i got to control samus i was like right away i was just like oh yeah this is good that's how i felt too when she first when you first get control over and you start walking it's like oh yeah this is gonna be fun (laughs) And, like, yeah. the music, too, plays to that, like, atmosphere of it, too. But, I mean, that's another section. But still, like, it all is an experience, you know? Yeah. Um, the first Emmy fight, like you said before, it's terrifying. Like, when when you first drop into that, like, the, the Emmy robot arena or, like, yeah. rooms... It's like, okay, this is different. And then you start walking around and they start chasing you. It's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, run. And they did a really good job of utilizing the weaknesses that Samus has for that particular point of the game. Like they tried, you could tell that they tried really hard to plan, okay, 
Samus at this point in the game, when she gets here, is going to be limited in this way. How can we, how can we show that and and make make them struggle a little bit? You know, yeah, because they, my least favorite one, the one with all the water in it. Yeah, and me too. Yeah, and like and trying to run from that thing. Ugh. A lot of hiding, a lot of waiting. The worst thing about the the Emmy robots was the fact that you get insta-death. Like, as soon as they touch you, they might not even be looking towards you, but if you, like, run into them, then it's instant death. Yeah. I did did start getting more parries off the later in the game it did. Like, not all the time, but, like, I could pull one off every now and then. Like, oh, I got a counter, so I can run away. (laughs) I didn't know you could do that. You didn't, they, they taught you right at the beginning of the game. I had no idea. I had yeah. no idea. The very first time you meet the Emmy, it's like there's there's a flash that you can counter, uh, like a parry, but there went, like the window is so tight that it says it's pretty much instant death if you get caught, but there's a slight chance that you could parry, and it's uh. like right before... Uh, yeah, like right before it like grabs you or something like that, there's a little flash, and you can do it. And then, like, it stuns them, and you can slide underneath their legs and run away. Wow. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> I was just struggling, and, like, if if they caught me, I was dead, and I just started over again. Which was kind of nice, because the game was very forgiving of your, you know, trial by death. Like, literally, if you died, you just respawn back to the last room, and then you try it again. So, yeah. it's forgiving in that way. Yeah, because I think, like, if you're outside the Emmy zone, it goes back to your last save point. But once you enter an Emmy zone, it's like, you're probably going to get caught and die here. So we'll just spawn you right before you entered the Emmy zone. Right, yep. So I I will say that once, like, after the first couple hours, though, once you realize, like, how the Emmy worked and everything, they were a lot less terrifying they kind of just became more of a nuisance because you're just like, okay, I just got to figure out how to get around them to get to this spot. And if you get caught, you just go back and start again. So it's a lot less, oh, I'm scared to go in there. It's just like, I'm just going to go real fast and run by them. Yeah, I agree. So it wasn't, it wasn't bad, but those first couple hours with them though. Yeah, it was terrifying. Like you'd see one show up and you'd like freak out. And you got your adrenaline pump, and you're like, where do I go? Where do I go? And you're just running blindly at that point, too. Like, you have no idea where you're supposed to go, and then you show up at a door that you need, you know, a, a special power-up that you don't have yet, and then you gotta backtrack and hope that you can avoid the Emmy before it gets you. <laughs> and then once you get to, like, the little boss room in there, and you get the superpower, then you get, like, locked in to the tinier room, because you have to, like, destroy the Emmy... And there's only, like, so many corridors where it makes sense for you to actually aim at them and fire. So you have to find that, try not to get caught, hopefully hit them, or, you know, start running again. Yeah, I mean, all of that is a puzzle all in itself. Because when you first start firing at them, you have to, like, overheat its shield. And then the shield blows off, and then you can use the, the Omega Cannon to, like blow off its head but you like you it takes time to build up that um overheating thing on his shield yeah so if you don't have enough time 
like it just cools off and then you got to start all over again from scratch. So it's like, you got to find the perfect location to be able to do that. And every Emmy and there's six of them in the game and everyone has a very specific spot that you're supposed to stand. And you know, that you, you know, you can exploit that system, but it takes some trial and error to find it. Yeah. And I felt the game did a good job of the way that it ramps up difficulty. Like, throughout the whole thing but i did still find like the boss battles to actually be pretty hard in this game on some of them there was something i struggled at at first <laughs> yeah me too um but like most of the metroid games it's trial and error you know you just keep playing and keep retrying and learning the um learning the boss's movements and rhythms and patterns and eventually taking it down yeah like when when I got to the last boss and that was that was something the last boss like I wasn't expected to be that long or hard for a little bit and that was actually I had to look something up and I it was like the only thing I had to look up and when it told me something I was like I didn't even think I could do this it was one <laughs> of those kind of things like I didn't think that this was possible the way that the the fight was going for me I had that in other areas where I had to look it up and I'm like, oh, duh, you know, and most of those were with the speed boost because the speed boost ability, they give you bare minimum information and then it's like, oh, wait, you can speed boost as a morph ball and oh, wait, you can speed boost and stop the speed boost if you're going up a hill, like just like weird mechanics of the speed boost that makes it more difficult. There was, like, three rooms I was stuck in because I didn't know how to get out, and I didn't know I was supposed to speed run into, like, a fan that was blowing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, how do I get out of here? I can't, like, like it's blowing all my missiles back and everything like that, and then I start speed running one time. I was like, oh, I can just run in here. I was okay. stuck in a room right after you get the, um, I don't know the technical term, but it's it's the double jump. Yeah. And, like, right after you get the double jump, you go back up to this area that has some water, and you're supposed to double jump across the gap. But when you first get the double jump, it says, oh, but by the way, in water, you can't jump any higher than Samus's normal jump. So I I took that to mean, well, don't even bother doing it in water because you can't double jump in water. Well, no, you can double jump in water. It's just you can't go higher, but you can go further. And so I was was just running around this area three, four times. I'm like, what am I supposed to do here? And then I looked it up and I'm like, oh, I just double jumped the gap. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the one thing I had to look up was in the third phase of the Ravenbeak fight, um, he throws out the orange ball, you know? Yeah. And like that's like the big power-up thing. And I wasn't really sure how to get rid of it, because like once that third phase happened, like the first couple times, like I just got smoked, like right away, <laughs> just like destroyed. Because yep. that second phase, like his machine gun bullets and stuff like that, I got destroyed. Yeah, by that. same here. So, then you start learning that. you start learning that rotation of going up and around them with the with the space jump. Yeah. Um my like that one wasn't so bad because I was already using the um the ball bomb or whatever the super, oh, the bomb. super bomb. Yeah, I was already using that on the little purple orbs. So like his first phase I was doing that with the purple orbs. And then, like, when it came back around where he was doing the big yellow ball, I was able yeah. to just do the super bomb again, and that oh. was gone instantly. So, like, I oh, had no no problems with it. 
me, I wasn't using bombs, and I didn't think I could like charge the super bomb. I didn't think I'd have time because I figured the way that, that how fast he was moving that he would come and hit me, because I was taking care of the purple bombs with uh, my missiles. Like it was like three or four missiles, and the bombs like the purple thing would go away. So he'd fire it. I'd fire a couple missiles, get the health, and then just go back to attacking him. Yeah. So I, that's why I was sitting. I was like, oh, I'm like you had. You have time to do this? Like, I thought I didn't have time. And then, like, I did. I was like, oh, I guess I do have time to do this. Right. Yep. Yeah, no, that, that boss fight was was pretty difficult. It took me, mm, I'd say, maybe two hours to finally figure out all of his patterns to be able yeah. to beat him. And then after I beat him, I went back and collected all of the items. And then I went to fight him again, thinking maybe there'd be an extra something at the end after collecting everything. No, there's not. (laughs) No, there's not. But I did collect all the items. And there's a couple speed boost um, puzzles that are really, really hard. So if you ever look to want to do a 100% run on that, just be aware that some of them are really hard. Yeah, I saw some of that, and I was like, I thought about doing it, but then I was like, no, I think I'm okay. I'm just going to go ahead and, like, take my percentage and just end the game right now. <laughs> like, because I did think about trying to go and find everything, but I know that I didn't want to take, like, the extra 10 hours to do some of those things. Yeah, speaking of, what was your gameplay time? Um, do you Do you know it? Off the top of my head, I don't know the exact time, but I want to say it was around... 10 to 11 hours okay I think i put in 25 hours but that's like actual real time which includes all of the, it's basically my my twitch um time that i was streaming yeah the game time had me at like 12 hours or f- maybe it was it was 15 hours so yeah, like I think it does, like every time you die it resets to like a save and then it resets the time I think to that point exactly so you know obviously I did put an extra like 10 hours into dying and trying again which is all again it's all part of the experience with a Metroid game you just keep trying until you figure it out um but yeah so you could probably add probably a couple hours to mine then from the time of trying so we'll say like we'll just go 15 sure give or take (laughs) Which I think that probably tracks, because I think I had 50%, was it 50 or 60% item discovery? I think, like, I went and cleared out stuff that I knew I could find. I think a lot of the stuff I left was going, like, just doing a lot of the backtracking and getting uh, some of the speed boost stuff. Right, and there was a ton of speed boost stuff. Yeah, that was like their number one way of trying to hide something for la- later game. <laughs> it was like, well, and, we'll just hide it behind a speed boost. Like, <sighs> well, and they like the map for this one seemed kind of huge too because I'd be all the way over and I'd think I don't want to go all the way back across this map to get to this tram to go back to this biome and then I have to get to the other one. Like, I just kind of didn't want to do it at that time, but. What's yeah. cool is once you unlock all of the teleportals, you can use any teleportal to go wherever you want. So like oh. once you unlock them all, you can just go wherever in any world or in any biome that you want to move to and it just teleports you there. 
See, I did not know that. I just thought it still warped you just to the same color. That's what I thought, too, until I got the orange one, and I'm like, wait, it wants me to pick where I want to go? And I'm like, oh, I can just go anywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. Well, see, then that would make that easier. Right, exactly. That. See, we're still learning things. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, this, this was a great game, and that's why I wanted to go back and collect everything. But that also made it more difficult. I think that's why I didn't give it the 10 out of 10, because some of the puzzles, the, the speed boost, if they'd have just explained the speed boost a little bit better in the tutorial of yeah. exactly what it could do, then I would have had no problems with the puzzles. But like, yeah. I had no idea. I had to look up. There's one speed boost puzzle that's really, really hard. And like, you have to start on like one level and do the fire up the speed boost, then activate the the speed spark or whatever it is. And then you go, yeah. Then you walk down and you have to fall off this cliff and then activate it against this like uphill wall where then you have to like charge it back up again and then slide underneath the thing and then fall down again and then do the speed boost up the wall. (laughs) Just the things you had to do. However, that said, if you watch, um, For example, if you wanted to go back and watch my uh, Let's Play of it, you can see my thought process, and then, like, you can see how I'm figuring it out as I go, and, like, just watching a tutorial doesn't make a whole lot of sense, because it's just, here's how you do it. But no, if you, like, if you're watching someone actually struggle through it, it's like, oh, that's how you do it. (laughs) I think they probably did some of these things to cater to like a lot of fans of the series for like the speedrunners and everything like that because Metroid has a really big like speedrunning community and it's very popular so I think like probably some of the stuff is like they do like little nods or like you know here let's give it to these people like for like you're talking about doing the the speed boost with like the the morph ball and everything like that yeah and and like Super Metroid, that's like one of the glitches people do is like they have a way where you can like run and the way that you like run and jump and you hit down and go into a morph ball at a certain time, you can actually have Samus's like sprinting speed in morph ball form. Like it's a trick that they do in speed running. So that's like, oh, well, now they just put it actually in the game. Like here, you can move around like this now. Yeah, that's smart. It's really smart. So I, th- I think they did a like a really good job of like a love letter to like the series just in general and trying to make sure like everyone's happy. Like here's stuff for new people. Here's stuff for all the fans and speedrunners, And here's difficulty for people who want it. And if you don't want to do it, you don't need it to beat the game. <laughs> well, and then once you beat the game, you unlock hard mode, which yeah. I'm not sure what all that does. I'm, I would assume that enemies are just more difficult, but, um, I don't know, it's just kind of an extra little something that you could do if you needed to. Oh, yeah. And I definitely plan on going back to uh, play this game probably multiple times at some point. Like, it's a game that, like, I will keep and I will probably just go back and visit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's very similar to Super Metroid. Like, if you've played Super Metroid and you love that game, this game is like that, but just bigger and 
you know, more flushed out than Super Metroid was. Um, not to not to degrade Super Metroid's legacy, but just kind of adds to it, you know. Yeah. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring up before we leave gameplay, um, there was a spot where after you, um, after the X parasite is taking over the, the planet, the world starts to cool down. The planet starts to cool down and you have to backtrack to a previously explored area in this like frozen, uh, frozen space. And it's like they completely retransformed that entire area to work with this like frozen story plot. And it was yeah. really, really smart. And they did it really well. And it almost seemed like a whole new biome, you know, without it being a whole new biome. Yeah. Just, it like was really cool. That, when they take you to previously traveled areas but they changed it up so it's it's got a new feeling to it, but it's the same area. Exactly, yeah. It was very smart. Well, let's go ahead and move on to music. Um, again, I gave it a 9 out of 10. I gave it an 8. Okay. Um, number one, hands down, the coolest thing this game did was have Samus talk. Yeah. Like, it was That's- just... It, it was such a simple moment, but it was just like, what? Like, she's talking, and, like, it's just, it's cool, and it fit the mood, and it was just, it was awesome. Now, I will say this, too, since you said you haven't played much, this isn't the first time she's talked. <laughs> yeah, I know that, I think she talks in Metroid Prime Hunters, is that right? Or uh, She talks in Other M. <laughs> oh, okay. So there's that one. I know she talks in that, but yeah, like when you actually get to like here and stuff like that and you know, it is one of those things. It's like, oh, this is so cool because she doesn't do it much. So like right. when she does, it's like it's kind of like a bigger moment. It has a bigger effect. It was it was really cool. It fit the mood. Um but otherwise like music as a whole just kind of typical traditional metroid like they remixed a couple of the themes to make them really neat but nothing that's like uh, nothing that that makes this game any different than the metroid the rest of the metroid series and i think that's why i gave it an eight is because i thought it was good but it didn't have anything that stood out to me like super metroid where like i can get super metroid songs stuck in my head where this one's just like, it's good. It has slight remixes on stuff, but I'm not going to think about it like I do Super Metroid's music. Sure. Uh, there were a few spots like the boss fights. Um, the music just could have been a little more epic for the boss fights. Like, they still fit the mood, but it wasn't quite as heart racing as I feel like it could have been. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I mean, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it fits. Yeah. It's not bad by any means. It's just when you have, you know, I guess kind of like Final Fantasy and stuff. When you have games that set like levels, like pretty high, it's usually hard to get back up that high. So like, if it's not up to that quality, it's like, yeah, it's still good, but it could have been better. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, overall, uh, I gave my experience a 9 out of 10. 
I uh, gave it a 9.5. Again, really, really fun. Would definitely play it again. Um, I collected everything, so I'm not going to play on this file, but I probably would go back and play all over again. Um, I don't know if I would really do the hard mode because I thought the game was just fine as is, but I mean, it's nice to know that it's there for the, you know, more hardcore Metroid fans. Um, it really, more than anything, it makes me want to play more 2D Metroidvania style games. Oh yeah. Probably pick up Fusion eventually. Yeah, Fusion's a good one. Uh, and just heck, any actually you could play just any kind of Metroidvania game too. Just right since we've been getting to this, like we've only pl- like scratched the Metroid itch. We haven't played like anything else like that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, there's so many games that I want to explore. I I literally have never played um, Castlevania game. So it's like I really feel like I need to because I like this game so much. Like they supposedly they go hand in hand, but I don't know because I haven't experienced them both. They kind of do, but from all the ones that I've played, I prefer the Metroid part of Metroidvania. Sure. Instead of like Castlevania's like, it's just, I can't get into them as much. They're okay, but I prefer Metroid. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. But I was, I was really surprised by this game because I had such high hopes because it looks so good. But being let down by the game that they did before, I still went in with like low expectations, and they uh, they blew my expectations away. I think for like, me, I was expecting it to be. Sorry, no. Let me change. I was hoping for a Metroid Prime game, but having played the two D version of Metroid again, that's all I want to do. Like the Metroid Prime concept can just go out the window. I really like the two D style platform game the i like the 2d style too and i was like kind of like when i played metroid prime it took me a while to figure out that like wow they did a really good job of taking a 2d game and making it 3d like the concept of the metroidvania and i'm actually mm-hmm. excited for metroid prime 4 in the next couple of years when it comes out sure yeah be two, three before it comes out <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm I'm sure that we can do that. It can't be that hard. Yeah, we can do it. Cool. I mean, it seems like every couple months we'll like we got like there's plenty of Metroid games that we can just sprinkle in throughout the year. Exactly. So my total was a 34 out of 50. Mine was a 45.5. So that gives us an 88.5 out of or sorry, uh, an eight. Point eight five out of 10. (laughs) 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 So, you know, almost a nine, very close to a nine. Um, well-deserved though. It's a great game and I definitely would go back and play it again. You know, again, it's up there with super Metroid. Like it's just, it's a really solid game. If you're into the style of gameplay. Yeah. I can't really think of someone who I wouldn't recommend playing this game to unless they're just like, I hate Metroidvanias. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Brandon, thanks again for hanging out and playing another game with me. Um, the next game in the lineup is, well, we're going to start playing final fantasy 11. Hopefully if we can figure it out, the install is a little complicated. So, uh, we're getting there. Um, but in the meantime, we're going to be playing, um, or 
reviewing, I should say, uh, The Last of Us. So me and Lori are going to be playing The Last of Us um, within the next month, along with streaming Final Fantasy XI, so look out for that. Uh, But yeah, Brandon, thanks again, and to everyone else, we'll see you guys next time. See ya.